be the same But I'm not sure if I'll remember your name But I'll remember your face And all the chase And all the, the walk of Hi, uh, welcome to my podcast called Everyone Andy Slept With. Um, so I am Andy and this is my series about um, all my sexual encounters. In this particular episode, I'll be talking about my fourth experience with a guy named James. James was also my second ever boyfriend. Um, <clears throat> and this story also leads on to my third ever boyfriend as well, which is a guy named Stephen. Um, I'll try to fit them both in this one episode, but if it seems like it's getting too long, I'll have to separate them out. Um, so again, just like the, the most of the boys previously, I had met James at that gay support group I'd been going to um, in Melbourne, Australia. This is still in around 1997. And I think when I met James, I was just around in my late 17, uh, like yeah, 17 years old or just about to turn 18 years old. Uh, James is about a year younger than me as well. Um, he'd been going to the support group um, maybe f- for a few um, weeks in a row or a few of the sessions in a row before we kind of got together. Um, and at, in the beginning, I didn't have too much interest in him. Um, but then after I got to know him, yeah, we, we found some connections that sort of make, make, made it work. Um but yeah, so it was the same case as a lot of, um, a couple of the previous boys, you know, we'd go to that group, we'd hang out, we'd all walk around the city after the group and, um, just walk around the shopping malls and go to the food courts and stuff around downtown. Um, and yeah, there was one night where everyone sort of piled off and, um, it was just me and James that the last people standing. Um, and yeah, so I remember, um, we had a connection because when we started talking about what music we're into, we're into a very similar style of music and um, it was sort of like the queer core punk scene. Um, the bands like Bikini Kill and Huggy Bear, Pansy Division, Team Dresh, all that. Um, yeah, so he had um, he was the only other person in the group who knew who those bands were, actually. So that was sort of interesting for me. Um when none of the other guys were really into that sort of music at all. And um, and I remember, yeah, so one day we were walking around after the group and uh, we were walking through a park and it was autumn and there were autumn leaves just everywhere, like from the oak trees. Like they'd fallen down, like the ground was like almost a metre high. You're walking at knee height through all these dried autumn leaves. And we ended up having a leaf fight, just me and him, and it was actually really fun. We're just throwing leaves at each other. And I remember I grabbed a big bunch of leaves and I pulled them down the put them down the back of his shirt, and he was laughing but really itchy from that. And anyway, from from that moment, yeah, we just had some. We we're having a lot of fun that day. Um, but again, yeah, I just I didn't feel much physical attraction to him at all. But I could tell he was into me, and just because we had so much else in common. I wanted to make it work. So he did ask me, oh, do you want to start dating? Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, why not? I've got nothing to lose, really. I didn't have anyone else on the go. I didn't even have an interest in any other person at the time. So it was, yeah, what I thought was probably meant to be a start of a great thing. 
Um, so we dated for a while. Um, he lived with his parents out in a suburb in the east called Glen Waverley. I never went to his parents' house. I never met his parents. I still live with my parents up in the north in Broadmeadows. He came to my house a few times um, as well. And when we were dating for the first, yeah, maybe month or so, we were probably catching up once or twice a week. Being we were both still in high school, it was hard to see each other very often. Um and then we'd call each other on the phone as well. Um, and then we used to make each other mixtapes of all the music. And that was really sweet. He made me some really cool uh, mixtapes of all these, you know, queer bands and art punk bands and stuff. And I did the same for him. And, yeah, um, I don't know if I still have any of those mixtapes. It'll be interesting to have a look. But, um, yeah, one thing, when we first started dating, I think it was after a few weeks, you know, he said to me, you know, he started showing his true colors and they weren't very good. Like he was not a very nice person to say the least. Actually, he was quite bitchy and power hungry and he liked confrontation. He liked to be, he liked to drama. Um, and one thing he said to me was if we ever break up or when we ever break up, it's, it's going to be a bad breakup. Um, he says he wants the drama, you know, he, he, all these ex-boyfriends he said he had really bad breakups with and it's just the way it goes. And I, I was like, no, it doesn't have to be like that. We can stay friends if we ever break up. And he's like, nah, nah, I, I, I need the bad breakup. And this is before we even, you know, we just started to date. So no signs of breaking up at this point. But that was already starting to scare me that these two colors that were coming through. And um, he had a really good friend named Jane. So this girl, she was his best friend. She was in high school with him. They went to Lionel Hall, um, which was a school out near Richmond somewhere, I think. Um, and yeah, she was just like him. They were both very dramatic. They liked drama. They liked picking fights with people. They were that, that sort of people. And I, I didn't notice that in James when we first started dating. He seemed like a really nice, sweet guy, but... Um, after a while I realized that he wasn't, but besides the point, I'll get back into our first sexual encounter. I think it was when we went back to my parents' house, maybe for the second or third time. Um, we just started wanking each other. We didn't even come. We didn't jerk off. It was, yeah, it was both just a bit horny, but I wasn't that attracted to him. And yeah. And the fact that we didn't come wasn't even just from me. Like he didn't seem to want to come either. Like we just didn't really happen. And then um, this is sort of a weird part to the story where we realized we had a few mutual friends um, outside of that gay group that we used to go to. Um, so when I was dating James, at some point I'd gone for a job trial at a cafe in the city of Melbourne. And I went for this trial at the cafe and I worked there for the day. I didn't get the job. Um, I wasn't good enough, but, um, when I was working there just for that one day, there was another guy who was working there and he was like sort of training me and, um, giving me advice on the trial and all that. And I thought this guy's really nice. And I thought he might be gay. Uh, his name was Steven. I remembered that. And then, um, yeah, then I left the trial and then the boss said at the end, you didn't get the job. And I was like, that's fine. And then a week later, James said, he ran into a guy at a party and the guy knew who I was because James showed him my photo or a photo of me and James together. And the guy said, I know that guy. 
he had a job trial at my cafe the other day. So that was Stephen. So they ran into each other, coincidentally, at a party a week later. Um, So anyway, um, and then James and him became friends at that party. And then James said, oh, he's having another party next week. We should all go together. That'll be really fun. So we ended up going to this party at um, Stephen's house, the guy from the cafe. He lived out in Oakley. And he lived just around the corner from Oakley's, a suburb in the southeast of Melbourne. He lived around the corner from where James's best friend, the girl Jane, lived as well. So she lived there with her dad. Um, so we went to that party and then we all had a lot of fun. We drank a lot. We got to meet all these other people and stuff. And then Stephen was having parties every week back then. It was sort of like a uni house, but not really because they weren't in uni, but just a house that had parties every weekend. Um, Stephen was also only 17 years old. So I found it quite surprising that he had a rental at that age, but, um, yeah, he managed to do it with these two other girls that were living there. And then next time me and James had sex was when we slept in one of Stephen's housemates beds when the housemate was a nair. Um, and we didn't go all the way. We just jerked each other a bit and we didn't even come again that day either. Um, so anyway, then one of the parties at Stephen's house, maybe three weeks later or a month later, um, uh, we all got really drunk and, you know, people would just pass out in a lounge room or some people went home and then we and me, James and Stephen ended up back in Stephen's bed and we ended up having a threesome, which sort of all three of us initiated. James initiated it probably just as much as Stephen and I did. Um, to my memory, I really can't remember how it happened. But we ended up just sucking each other's cocks, the three of us. And this is my first ever threesome as well. Um, and then we all fell asleep in the bed together. And then in the morning, we sort of went at it again and just had a bit of a threesome again in the morning. And then Stephen said to us, um, to me and James, he said, oh, let's fuck the rules. Let's be a, um, don't, let's be a monogamous, you know, couple, like, or not couple, but all three of us going out together. And James seemed up for the idea. He was like, yeah, that sounds cool. And I was like, yeah, that seems fine as well. Um, and then James left about an hour later with with Jane. He went back to her house. And um, yeah, and he seemed really angry. And I'm not sure if I had done anything wrong. Like I was just going by what they were both saying. And anyway, so then the next week, Stephen had another party. This is probably about four weeks after the first party. Um, and at that party, James was there as well. And I hadn't actually heard from James much that week at all. Um, and at the party, one of his friends had come up to me, uh, another girl, I can't remember her name. And she said, are you and James broken up? And I was like, I'm not sure, but it looks like it. He's not talking to me. So I don't know what's going on. And then she went back to him and whispered in his ear and then her and James left the party. Um, and they seemed angry. He seemed angry anyway. So then me and James again spent the night together. Um, I don't think we actually did anything that night. And then Jane, uh, Stephen said to me, it looks like James is out of the picture. So just, I guess, we're together as a couple. And I was happy with that because I really like Stephen as well. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> um, when James left the party, um, and then about three days later, you know, I was at home and Stephen called me at home and said, I think we need to be a bit careful. James just came around to my house with a bunch of mates. So him and the girl Jane and a few other people went over to Stephen's house. They barged in 
they messed everything up and they kept harassing Steve and his housemates saying, oh, you fucked over James. You and Andy are dating now. And, you know, you don't, you know, Andy was meant to be dating James and you fucked him over. And Stephen was like, okay, you better be careful because he's going to come after you next. And I was like, oh, my God, what's going on? And then no doubt, like literally probably an hour later, I get a call from James and he's furious at me over the phone. He's like really threatening. Um, And he was saying to me, um, you know, if I ever see you out, just watch your step, you know, watch your back. We're going to get you. Um, and I was like, why are you angry at me? I didn't even break up with you. And he's like, yes, you fucking did. And I'm like, no, I fucking didn't. And we're swearing at each other. And he's like, yeah, you did. And then he'd hand his phone to the, his friends and now having a go at me as well. And so was the girl, Jane. And they'll harass me over the phone. And then they wouldn't stop calling me after that. They kept calling me almost every day for about a week. And I was still living with my parents. It was before mobile phones. If my parents had to answer the phone, they were harassing them as well. Like they were harassing my parents over the phone, saying things like, oh, tell Andy the KKK is after him and things like that. And then they were harassing my friends when they saw them out as well. And then I was scared to go out for a while. So the places I used to go to back then was like the Art House, the Tote Hotel, the Pink Palace. These were all sort of punky, grungy, kind of gay also venues in Melbourne. And I was too scared to go there. Like I was, you know, I I stopped going to those places and stopped seeing bands I liked for about a few months just till it all sort of worn off. But even then, even years later, I was still scared to go out to those places because these guys keep threatening me. So anyway, I kept dating Stephen after that for a little bit as well. Um, But I might put my story about Stephen in the next episode because, um, yeah, we, we actually dated a few times, me and Stephen. I'll get back to James um, and his friend Jane. Um, so after, you know, not seeing them around for a while and it sort of the phone calls died off and all that, I, was, I wasn't too scared of them anymore. But I'll, every time I went out, they were always in the back of my head. What if I run into them? What's going to happen? Um, and then I did run into Jane, the, his best friend, a few times. And um, she was actually very civil with me. So I ran into her maybe like a year later and I remember when I saw her, it was actually in the street and she saw the look on my face. She saw the look of shock and she's like, Andy, don't worry. I'm sorry about what happened a year ago. Um, uh, yeah. And she kind of apologized and we had a civil conversation and then I ran into her again a year later or something as well and um, at a club and we ended up going out to another club together afterwards and drinking and stuff and um yeah that was quite civil as well she actually said to me at that time i still hate you for what you did to james but you know we don't have to talk about that right now i was like okay (laughs) cool i was still a bit scared um so i hadn't heard from jane for a while i I hadn't seen jane since then actually the girl and then about 10 years later so this is when i was about 28 i was at the this gay club in melbourne called the peel hotel um, and surprisingly, since, you know, the age of 18 and 28, I had not run into James once, surprisingly and also thankfully. Um, and I was at the bar and this guy tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around. I had no idea who it was. And he's like, Andy, don't you remember who I am? I'm like, I've got no idea who you are. I didn't recognize him. He said, it's James, your ex-boyfriend. I'm like, you're kidding me. Then I remembered, I recognized his face and he, and he also recognized that I looked scared even when I saw him 10 years later. And he said, don't worry, it's all civil now. And then we ended up hanging out. Um, And, you know, I bought him a beer. He bought me a beer. We got drunk together. And then that night, 
We just chatted and chatted and chatted. And we ended up scoring ecstasy and took drugs together. And um, we're dancing on the dance floor. And then when we're chatting, actually, um, he told me he's currently dating a guy who was one of my friends, uh, a guy who will appear in one of my later episodes because I ended up sleeping with him when I was about 19, 20, so a bit later. Um, They ended up dating for years and now living together at the time that I run into James at the Peel Hotel. Um, And then that night after we took ecstasy and went back, I went back to James's house with him. And when we got there, it was like about 7 a.m., <laughs> 7 a.m. in the morning. And um, yeah, my old friend, Robbie, his current boyfriend was getting up to go to work and um, he was having a laugh because um, he knew about our history. Um, yeah, which was interesting as well. <laughs> um, and so apparently when James first started dating Robbie and went back to his house for the first time, Robbie had a photo of me and him and a few other mates on the wall. And James saw it and just ripped it down. James and Robbie both told me that story. Uh, that was quite interesting. But um, so anyway, even though we had a really good night together and we sort of made amends 10 years later, I was still pissed off that he put me through that crap when I was 18. But even that night, he said to me he was still angry at me for breaking up with him. And I kept persisting, saying, I never broke up with you, you know. And he said it's something he'll never get over, but we sort of made amends anyway. Um, so anyway, so that night it was really weird because we went back to James's house together and we slept in the same bed hugging, but we didn't have sex or anything, obviously. And Robbie had gone to work and, um, yeah. And in the morning, in the morning, James had left and he went to get some methadone. Um, but yeah, cause he was on heroin. He'd been on heroin and he first started using heroin when I was, I think just before we first started dating, so going back to when we first met when I was 17, uh, whatever, his friend Jane had got him onto heroin and I always felt really annoyed at her for that because he never would have taken it if he never met her, I reckon. Um, She just always wanted someone to take heroin with and he was a bit younger and naive. So I think Jane was like 18, James was 16 and um, he would sort of do anything she said she was that sort of person. Um, and he got onto heroin. She was on heroin for a while. I'd only ever had heroin twice in my whole life. And the first time I had it was with the two of them as well. But I, I was fortunate enough to never get hooked. But um, uh, unfortunately, and I found this out um, maybe I think eight years ago or so, I'd run into Robbie, the guy that James was dating, the friend of mine that um, we went back to his house that night. Um, I ran into him. A few years after, they they had broken up for a while. And I, I, I said to Robbie, so where's James? Do you still speak to him? He's like, no, James passed away. I was like, oh, okay, how did he pass away? And he said, oh, from a heroin overdose. Um, and then I said, well, what about Jane, his best friend? And he said, yeah, she also passed away from a heroin overdose about only a few months before James did. So, yeah, James and Jane had both passed away from heroin overdoses um, and Jane had a daughter as well, so I don't know what happened to her. But anyway, moral to that story, don't do heroin. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's kind of sad that they're both gone now. But, um, yeah, it's the way it is, I guess. Um, so not to leave it on a bad note, I guess. Um, I'll talk more about Stephen in the next episode. And then I'll also talk more about Robbie as well in a following episode when 
it gets the order from when I ad slip with him um, as well. Uh, but the next episode isn't about. Well, actually, the next episode should be about Stephen. All right, so I'll make that happen as well. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'll speak to you then. Yeah, yeah.